Good Risings. I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. So we obviously spent a lot of time talking about trauma last week during our week on anxiety. And Friday, we tied it all together with a broad conversation about how trauma is involved in almost every kind of anxiety out there. Right, and we briefly touched on what's going on in our bodies when we experience things like anxiety-induced panic, our fight-or-flight mechanisms that continue to trigger regardless of the fact that we're not actually in danger. Exactly, and to recap, that's the built-in defense mechanism our incredible bodies switch on in order to protect us from whatever traumatic experience occurred. The problem is, sometimes we have to do quite a bit of work to switch that defense mechanism off. We tied up every episode last week with a quick overview of the primary types of care people who suffer from various types of anxiety have available to them. And one of those types of care is working to cultivate more awareness. And a reminder, we talked about awareness in our very first episode. We talked about Eckhart Tolle's designation of the pain body and how that accumulation of life experiences becomes an entity of its own living inside of us. The weapons we wield against this pain body are awareness and gratitude. Trauma is, in theory, our pain body. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to that very first episode, take a moment to check it out. There's a lot of fantastic information in there that frames the same conversation we're having today in a different way. Right. Today, instead of calling it the pain body, we're calling it the trauma brain. And I'd sum it up in one simple statement. It's a belief that because something bad has happened to us before, it will happen to us again. With this belief ingrained in our subconscious, we're automatically locked in a near endless pursuit of identifying potential threats, potential scenarios, which might end badly in order to protect us from once again experiencing that damaging heartbreak from before. I've always thought of myself as a survivor. I never really understood that being a survivor meant that something was happening that required me to survive. And we know it's very difficult to be stuck in survival mode and also thrive. We have to feel safe, secure, and seen in order to truly be our best selves. Our subconscious mind is made up of beliefs that are generated by our lived experience. It's our habitual thought, our inner dialogue, our core beliefs about who we are, who other people are, and what the world around us is. Most people spend about 90% of their time, if not more, operating in subconsciousness. This same part of our mind is often responsible for detecting threats, and the trauma brain is always detecting threats, even if there are none. Right, and the reason we could spend our entire lives subconsciously reliving trauma is because our minds naturally work to confirm pre-existing subconscious beliefs. This process is known as confirmation bias. We're taking in information that matches that pre-existing understanding and ignoring information which potentially contests it. An example of this is having a deep-seated belief that your partner is going to leave you even though they've given you no reason at all to feel that way. Even if you're married, even if you have children, no matter how far the relationship goes, if the trauma brain is convinced, 
No one is capable of earning your trust. No outside force can change it. But the good news is we're capable of overcoming these subconscious defense mechanisms. Our minds are capable of adapting by something called neuroplasticity. This incredible ability, which we all have, is when new neural connections are formed in our brains, like new freeways being built in our heads. When we consciously decide to set our confirmation bias brain off autopilot and turn toward a new belief, a new practice, a new habit, new neural pathways are being formed. And the more we study, the more we apply ourselves, the more time we give to whatever form of growth we're hoping to achieve, it's like more lanes are being added to those new freeways in our brain. Oftentimes when we hear a new idea that contradicts our habitual thinking, our understanding of ourselves or the world around us, our minds immediately give negative feedback. For example, if you're stressed and someone tells you to meditate, your subconscious mind may immediately start arguing on your behalf. Well, this person obviously has too much time on their hands or meditating is impossible, I can't shut off my brain. In this scenario, that car in your mind is coming to a jam-packed freeway and it has no interest in sitting in traffic. Now, following this train of thought, you can open up an entirely new road for your car if you simply start to consider meditation might be an answer for your anxiety. That freeway gets wider when you actually meditate for the first time. Then, as you learn more about meditation, as you listen to experts talk about their methods of meditating, if it becomes a habit, if you have a community you practice with, soon enough this new neuropathway is actually your car's preferred means of travel, so much so that you can't even fathom a world where meditation wasn't a part of your life. There will definitely be resistance in the beginning. That subconscious mind does not like to be called into question. What's happening here is that we are taking control of our thoughts with awareness. We're acknowledging our desire for change. We're accepting our automatic response and we're turning to a new response. We're bringing ourselves into the present moment and we're answering the same old question with a different answer. If you find yourself experiencing what feels like an overreaction to the current situation, it's bringing that automatic response into focus, acknowledging it as your subconscious mind's way of protecting you, and then turning away from it. It's the practice of regulating our nervous system by coming into connection with ourselves and the world around us in the present moment. This is how we show our nervous system that we're safe, that it no longer needs to protect us in the way that it had. Initially, the key is breathing through the discomfort of change as you look toward the new version of yourself. And remember to love yourself along the way. It can be a better version of you. Maybe it's a more fulfilled version of you, a more authentic version of you. Maybe someone who's simply more at peace in the chaos. The bottom line is altering our subconscious in this way requires that we test our beliefs, that we move away from our learned responses, that we give credence to the present moment. And at the end of the day, it's about choosing to be the very best version of yourself by cultivating good habits. So closing today with our question, have you noticed an automatic response in yourself that you'd like to switch off? How might you start to do that?
we'd love to hear from you. We welcome you to comment or message us through the Good Risings Instagram page at Good Risings. You can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. And you can find me at B. McMuffin. Thanks for listening to Grateful Grains. Be sure to check out the other Good Risings offerings available on our feed. We'll see you again tomorrow for day three of our week on healing. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.